For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling, pop culture, and that oh so naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndyCast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an anniversary episode of the IndyCast. Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Luna Lynn, and myself, Zach Romero, have officially been doing this thing for over, Jesus, I think we're, what, five years now? Holy hell. Nevertheless, we've decided to do another best of the final two questions here at the IndyCast. So, what you'll be hearing in this episode is the famous final two questions from Sidney Bacabella from Chikara, Mike Quackenbush. Brutal Bob Evans, Brittany Wonder, and of course, Effie. Now, we will be back to normal here uh, starting next week, but uh, for our big anniversary show, we wanted to just sort of reflect on the great guests that we've had, and we hope that you enjoy this little showcase. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and we will talk to you next week. Deuces. Sydney Bacabella. In the, 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 the sport that we love, that we're all talking about here, uh, you know, sometimes... Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. How dare you? Uh, that we call your father. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, unfortunately, you know, uh, we lose a lot of talent before uh, before their time. And uh, so, one of the questions we'd like to ask all of our guests is if there was any any wrestlers out there, any other managers, somebody uh, that you know maybe is no longer around or, or no longer wrestling that you would have loved to have worked with at some point. Who would it be? Uh, for me, I think it. Uh, I I came in about a year after the Grand Wizard stopped working, and uh, that's one of the guys. And then the other guy, hands down, one of the biggest influences on me, and we just never got to cross paths. Was Captain Lou Albano? Mm. Um, I I think that I've stolen a lot of stuff from Lou. Lou stole a lot of stuff from me. And uh, we just never got the chance to work with each other. And then there's that rat down in Memphis, Kaufman, that I would love to work with. Sydney Bacabella, if you could fight any animal, what would it be, and what weapons do you use? I would, I would, uh, I would probably fight a kitten with a hammer because I know I would. That's <laughs> a. That's one of the fastest answers we've ever gotten. And B, I completely agree. That's a, that's a right. fair, that's a good fight. If I have my choice to fight any animal, why am I going to go out and fight a bear? I'm going to fight a kitten because I know I'm going to beat him. Now, follow-up question, is the kitten declawed or does it have use of its claws? I don't want to take any chances whip those claws out of those claws. <laughs> Lightning, Mike Quackenbush. With that said, Mr. Quackenbush, if there was any performer, manager, wrestler, whomever, who is no longer alive that you would have loved to have worked with, who would it have been and why? Owen Hart. Interesting. Um, he's the only one of my wrestling heroes that I never got to meet, that I never got to share the ring with in one capacity or another. Um, literally every other one of my professional wrestling heroes I've had the opportunity to share the ring with in one way or another. And I also feel incredibly fortunate that they were all awesome. Like, everybody was super amazing awesome to me, from Manami Toyota to Eddie Guerrero, to, from Jushin Liger to Johnny Saint, 
Uh, everybody that I idolized and then had the chance to encounter, they could not have been cooler to me. They warn you not to meet your heroes. And uh, I have no experience that supports that as a theorem. Owen Hart, um, you know, he just unfortunately passed away before I would have ever been in a position, I think, where we could have crossed paths. Um, in 1999, I was kind of swirling around doing, you know, low-level uh, local independent stuff, which was probably all, all the more I really deserved if I deserved even that at that time. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would have loved to have met him. It was an inspiration to me uh, as the Blue Blazer, as the Rocket, as half of High Energy, and then as the King of Hearts later on, feuding with Brett and uh, all the Heart Foundation stuff as well. I think just a tremendous performer. Uh, I think like many wrestling fans, the night after he passed away, watching a Monday Night Raw episode that was very much about celebrating Owen, I sat at home on, on my couch watching this episode of Monday Night Raw, fighting back tears because of, here's this man who I sort of know by proxy, right? I know him via television screen, but that's all, and yet I feel like I knew this guy, and I feel everyone's loss. And I, too, feel the loss because this is someone I've studied and I, I've admired and who I outright steal from when I'm in the ring. Uh, you know, I do something like this or that, and to me, that oh, I got that from Owen Hart, if you ask me where that came from. Uh, so, yeah, I really lament the fact that I'll never so much as have the chance to meet him. However, um, I did have this nice experience, I guess is how I want to term it. At the time that that happened, I was writing a travelogue for a wrestling magazine called The Wrestler, and my travelogue column was called From Bell to Bell. I wrote it for a period of about 10 years, give or take. I wrote uh, about a thousand words about what Owen Hart had meant to me, and uh, as was the protocol at the time, when the new magazines would come out, I would get one shipped to my house from the publisher. They would send you like a complimentary copy that had your published piece in it. So I was leaving for an independent booking that I had in uh, Waterbury, Connecticut, and the magazine, The Wrestler, with my Owen Hart tribute piece in it, had arrived in my mail. And I, I took it with me in the car on the trip, and when I got there to the card, I had not even realized that I was on a card with Jim the Anvil Neidhart, who uh, has something of a reputation for frequently being crabby or otherwise possessed of a cranky disposition. And uh, I went up to him, and I introduced myself, and I happened to have the magazine with me, and I said to him, I said, um, you know, I want you to know I was, I was a fan of New Foundation. I was a fan of the other work that you did with Owen Hart. He meant a lot to me as an inspiration, and I never knew him. I, I never did, but I wrote this about what he meant to me. And I don't know how else to express it, but here, and it would mean something to me if, if you would read it, someone who knew him, someone who loved Owen. Uh, and I, I kind of observed then, and this, this is a very strange thing to watch, as someone sat there and read this piece that I wrote about a departed friend, uh, and I just kind of saw like the emotion overtake him, and I felt like, I think this is as close to it as I'm ever going to get. Um, you know, I had the chance to kind of, by proxy, reach out and touch the spirit of Owen Hart here and uh, yeah, that's that story. Well, that's uh, what are the odds, no less, of just being given that opportunity. If you could fight any animal, what would it be, and what weapon do you use? Hmm. Uh, I suppose I would want to fight a butterfly, and I would fight it with a trash bag. <laughs> I was going to say, you were in good company, uh, because uh, 
former guest Sidney Bacabella, I believe, uh, his response was that he would fight a kitten with a tech hammer right. because he always books himself to win. This, his so, is actually the, the sweetest answer. It was, I was going to say, two different sides of the same coin. Right. And then, uh, and then finally, uh, as a bonus question, because Luna's not here, uh, she is dying to know, and I know many of our fans are dying to know. They, they are. When, uh, when you were getting ready in the morning to teach young wrestling minds, you've got your attire on, your eight sizes, too big, NXT, uh, jumper, and whatnot. Uh, what is your cologne of choice? When, when Mr. Quackenbush wants to smell his best out in the world, what do you wear? I rarely wear cologne, but I'll tell you this. I've had this bottle. I don't know, I don't know who gave this to me. I've had it for years. Back when Cartoon Network still aired the cartoon Justice League Unlimited, Excellent. they made a Justice League car- cologne, and I have a bottle of it. Uh, it was given to me as a Christmas gift one year. Uh, I wonder if it was from my parents. I really I don't recall where I got it. It doesn't smell particularly great, but it's the only cologne I own. So if I had to, I would I would spray Justice League cologne. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal Bob Evans. Uh, I would talk to uh, Mr. Steve Bradley because he was one of my dearest friends in wrestling, and unfortunately we lost him due to uh, heroin heroin and pill addiction in 2009. And he's one of the most young, brilliant young minds in wrestling, and I think we would be much better served in wrestling if he was around now. And, uh, you know, just to have another conversation, joke around with him. He was one of the guys I drove with a lot. And, you know, I helped break him in. And, you know, he was he was really kind of lost in the WWE developmental system. So Steve would definitely be a guy that I would bring back and talk to. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let's see if I can fight him. Any animal. Uh, let's see. I would probably, I would probably fight a uh, koala bear. And I'd use... Uh, a fluffy, like a, a fluffy, like padded uh, sock, or like a f- fat padded bar, and then I just, I, I work the whole match, and I do the job for him, and then I take him home with me. <laughs> Brittany Wonder. If there were any uh, wrestler or performer that you, who's no longer alive, that you could work with, learn from, you know, uh, fight, who would it be, and why? something where Holly was supposed to, was going to clothesline her. And apparently Hardcore Holly talked to her beforehand and said, listen, you know, when I throw my clothesline, I really throw the clothesline. I, I, 
I don't want to hurt you, so are you sure you want to go that route? And apparently Mae Young looked him dead in the eye and said, if you don't hit me full force with that fucking clothesline, I'll kick your ass when we get back here. And apparently he, he swung for the fences, got her with it, and, he, and she was and thanked him for it afterwards, apparently, because that bitch was tough as hell. I was say, Bubba Ray Dudley has a similar story when he was doing, uh, in the late 90s, when he was putting all the women through tables. With the powerbomb, yeah. Yeah, and he said, oh, well, here's how we... Version of Eddie Guerrero was uh, your preferred one. So we here at the IndyCast believe that uh, every animal in nature is given certain abilities to ensure its survival. So, for instance, a giraffe has a very long neck, rhinos have long horns, etc., etc. Our belief is that human beings, as a creature, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So, put Slam's own Brittany Wonder. If you could fight any animal, what would it be, and what weapon do you use? It's a very Craven the Hunter esque question. Well, we can't. If it's easier, it can be mythical. We've had some wrestlers need that, so you don't have to go like punch a panda bear or anything like that. Like you can fight a griffin or something like that. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. I'm like, like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like I'm... You wanted to be Craven the Hunter. <laughs> what a twist! Like, oh, but instead of hunting them, I wanted to hug them. I was gonna be Craven the Hugger. Is the is the I believe you're, I believe that's gimmick infringement. Oh, okay, okay. theme of enormous tonal shifts yeah uh shift the other we have uh, we have uh a final now now there's some backstory here now effie we've done this show for many many years now yeah we've had a boatload of guests and every one of those guests we have asked two very specific final questions to and you are the only guest we've ever had who has skipped the two questions previously. Yeah, there was just no good way to hit the break. Yeah, there was no way. And, it went, and once I started asking you these things, you're going to know there was no way to bring these up in the last time right. we talked. There was just absolutely, it was not going to happen. So, question number one. Unfortunately, and again, we mentioned tonal shift here, uh, in the amazing performance art that is professional wrestling, we lose a lot of talent before their time. So, with that being said, Effie, who is a performer or wrestler that you would have loved to have worked with in some capacity that is no longer alive? Mike Awesome. Wow. I think that's the first time we've Dude, had Mike, Mike Awesome, awesome come. sick, man. I, no, I agree completely. It's just, I, it's amazing that answer has not come up before. That's true. So Really? Yeah, it's usually you want to be, uh, so. I'm, oh, are we shooting? Are we shooting right now? Let's shoot a little bit on this one here. Eddie or Owen? No, 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 no. Are you, are you, I, oh, Eddie it's or Eddie, Savage. Eddie or Macho Man, Eddie, and then Owen Hart is a, is like a third. Yeah, yeah, Eddie or Savage, so. 
That's okay. So I don't. Here's why I don't pick Savage because Savage makes sure that Savage matches are about Savage. True. And right. Effie makes sure Effie matches are about Effie. <laughs> so I feel like there'd be a real serious clash here. Like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, great wrestler. He was never going to out character or outshine whatever Macho Man was doing. Macho Man could point and spin in the ring and be more over than any perfect arm drag ever was. So I got to count him out because can't shat in that situation. Eddie, Eddie's pretty incredible, right? Because he was sort of this, like, WCW guy who was really, really good. But, you know, he had the LWO stuff, but the character never got there till like, it was almost too late. Like, that 03, 04 Eddie, when he was just, like, Viva La Rasa, I cheat and steal going crazy, that's perfect Eddie to work with. Because you could kind of get away with anything. Because he could get over on me being this cheating, wild, baby-faced bastard. I could get over on him being the, you know, kind of stupid, crazy heel, maybe pissing him off. Um, oh, and obviously, I think we could put on a great match, but I think the more entertaining would be with Eddie Guerrero. And it's interesting you mentioned Savage and Steamboat, because a lot of people have always... I saw an interview with Ricky Steamboat not that long ago, where somebody was asking him who his favorite opponent was, and everybody thought it would be Savage. And he talked about how he actually is not as big a fan of everybody else's of the WrestleMania 3 match. Yeah, because Macho Man handed him, like, a portfolio. Right, this is how the match This is the match, by the way, and right. Steamboat was like, oh... Great, and that's it. Right. Whereas he talks about like working with Flair, where the two of them would just be like, "Okay, we're gonna you'll do this, and I'll do this at one point." Great, and then they would just that was it, everything yeah. else was done in the. But room. I want to come back to Mike. Aw- Mike, awesome. So why, uh, why, why Mike? Because he was awesome. Well, true. I feel like, and this is just based on matches, and this is me not knowing anything really about the actual person that was Mike Awesome, but I feel like Mike Awesome's that guy where I would come up to him and I'd be like, hey man, I got this really dumb idea, and he would figure out how to execute it safely while making it look insane. So I feel like the potential of those builds in that match would just be nuts, because that dude doesn't seem like a dude that says no to anything. It seems like a dude who says, okay, here's the challenge. How how can we make this look as ridiculous as possible and I don't actually kill you? Because you've seen some of those awesome bombs he throws and some of the stuff he does from the top, and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And it <laughs> creates such a crazy perception of the match because you see how big that dude is, and he shouldn't be able to do any of that. But even when he's working with guys who are smaller or guys who have limitations physically, he still makes sure they get over too, you know? I would, and maybe this will be a, a, a panel discussion someday, I would I would say that at least in the conversation of great rivalries in the '90s, I think Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka has got to be up there because they wrestled each other about ten trillion times yes. in the '90s, and it, it was totally is, it was amazing. And look at that situation, okay. They, yeah, they wrestled each other a million times, but why? Probably because Heyman didn't have any other ideas for him. But instead of just going out there and being like, oh my God, we're wrestling each other again, it felt like they kept taking it to another level. Exactly. They kept taking it up and taking it up. Instead of just going, oh man, we're stuck with each other, it was like, yo, what can we do next? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dude, Thank I you. got to see Steen versus Tanaka at WrestleMania a few years ago at one of the indie shows, and that was crazy because I didn't even know Tanaka could still wrestle. I feel like he's like he's literally like a Godzilla monster that he's just sleeping in a cave somewhere. He's a kaiju, and then yeah, every once in a while, Masato Tanaka gets awoken from his slumber and he's gonna whoop somebody's yeah. ass. And he sure did. My God, it was incredible. And then interestingly enough, two uh, twin Asian girls sing a song, and uh, Tajiri comes in instead of Mothra. That's how that's how that works in the giant 
<laughs> Asian wrestler kaiju movie in my head. That's how that works. And I could say that uh, one of my badges of honor for professional wrestling live shows, I was in Chicago. We, my friends and I did a road trip in Chicago, and the main event of the ECW pay-per-view we were at was definitely Taz versus Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome, where this is just before Taz left to go to WWE and lost and lost the title to, uh, to Awesome in that match. Let me go ahead and uh, pick up all those names you just dropped. I don't want you to strain your back too hard, so. uh, you humble bragger. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, question number yeah, two. Yeah, question number two. We, uh, again, tonal shift. We here at the IndyCast believe that every animal in nature is given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. Rhinos have long horns, giraffes big necks, etc., uh, etc., our belief is that man, as a uh, animal, the evolutionary trait is the ability to use tools. So, the diva deity, Effie. The de- why I just made that, that shit up right now from a goddamn stolen, marketing guy. Culture vultured, stolen. I'm taking it. <laughs> why is that not on a shirt? Can that be the um, one fully gimmick? Uh, no, Effie unfortunately, shirt? it can't because the one fully gimmick shirt is going to be Effie. The big queer Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, okay. That's the shirt that's going to be. Anyways, Effie Effie three sixteen. Effie three sixteen exactly. So, with that being said, Effie, if you could fight any animal, what would it be, and what weapon do you use? Oh man, I gotta fight the animal. See, I I thought I saw this question going in a different way, where I was going to have to be an animal. <laughs> oh man, okay. I've got to and. See the situation is I don't want to I don't want to give myself too easy of a fight. You know what I mean? I was gonna say we've had all kinds oh. of answers, including ones that are the opposite of that. Of right. let me book myself to win. Right. So uh, so yeah, yeah it's, no, it's a tough choice. Drama with that. True. You don't Very even true. Have drama if you book yourself to win. Um, listen, I like working with high flyers because I can I can make them look cool. I think I work with a jungle jaguar, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the tool that I use, oh, this, I'm in between two things. I think for a better match, I've got just a straight-up machete. But I think for the real slaughter, I've got a flamethrower. Nice. You know what I mean? So follow-up like, question. Deal. Follow-up question. It's a rumble in the jungle. It's Effie versus Jungle Jaguar. What do you wear in that match? <laughs> Nothing, man. I'm fully nude. Oh, Are you kidding me? I was gonna say I imagine I imagine like a torn up version, like kind of like the uh, the 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 Savage Island version of yeah. Effie, like the torn up pink leather jacket, like loincloth, <laughs> like that's what I kind of pictured. But full nude is fine too. Yeah. It's, it's an intimidation boost, I guess, against the uh, Jungle Jaguar. Oh, I could do that, but I just feel like I've got to go out there fully nude. If if the Jaguar's nude, I'm nude too. We're in a nude duel. I maybe have a machete or a flamethrower. And it's just, it's just happening nasty. <laughs> That's the tagline of, of this match. It's happening nasty. It's happening nasty. <laughs> it's happening nasty. FE316, it's happening nasty. <laughs> There's your shirt right there. Damn it! We're Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndyCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Games. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out. 
to Legends of uh, Today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors, or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Touching wieners professionally. What I am is a big queer Stone Cold Steve Austin. So hey, Zach Romero. I bet you didn't know this. It's supposed to